most important skill that I have learned in business is something that took me years to hone. Actually, it took me years to even acknowledge or recognize it. And then it took me another several years to hone. And it made me realize that the most important skills in business and really actually in life aren't about something that you can do. They're not classically hard skills like buttons to push, levers to move or or meals to make or anything that's sort of not technical. To me, it's more about a skill in how one ought to work. These are soft skills, right? Like teamwork, problem solving, um, resilience, adaptability, the ability to listen, and you know the long list of skills that impact our relationships, things like emotional intelligence. These can all be, in my opinion, as much or more game changers than any hard skill. In fact, they could be the difference in why someone would want to work with you either as a teammate, a boss, an employee, or an employer, or a partner, a client. And why would they want to do that with you instead of somebody else? So the most important skill that I've learned in business is empathy. I think there's a lot of cultural buzz around this word right now for good reason. I think largely the business community in particular has uh, operated prior to the last few years in a world that was mostly empty of empathy. Um, I thought it was interesting to revisit this question in the light of my own experiences, um, expanding on a recent uh, question from my conversation with Gary V, you know, uh, GV, uh, Mr. Gary Vaynerchuk, um, in our last conversation, but his new book, which is called 12 and a half, uh, leveraging emotional ingredients necessary for business success. So I wanted to expand that cause it's not just business success, although those, you know, great and very tactile, very, uh, simple, relevant examples often come from business, but I believe the same is true, uh, in life generally. Um, and I do think Gary's book is his best one yet, and it's excellent. You should get it. Um, but if we look at a little background here, growing up, I was a hard-charging kid, uh, I would say, assertive, um, type A, and certainly that was glorified, right? I was also an extrovert. And the challenge now I see looking back on that, that the positive feedback that came from a culture that really only knew how to value those things. And there's all kinds of other adjectives we could hang on that. Uh, it created a, a culture of positive reinforcement for what I've come to understand as actually a negative trait or a set of negative traits. Now, being driven and being positive and I think all of those are exceptionally, uh, are, are positive characteristics rather, but this idea that it, it actually did in part, in large part at that time, disconnect me from my ability to empathize with others because I thought it was one thing or the other, right? You couldn't, that those two things didn't go together to be, you know, hard charging and driven and even extroverted type A, but have an awareness of 
other people's feelings, have a desire to um, to understand the basis of those emotions where, and, and find a way to connect with others. So uh, the flip side, these traits can actually lead to dramatically holding us back. You know, they cultivate, you know, this, this hard charging without the ability to, uh, to connect with others they cultivate a a lack of connection, right? The lack of ability to share emotions with another. It led to disingenuous relationships. People who would find my way of either leadership or companionship or camaraderie as abrasive. Um, or it undermined trust in in some cases where if they shared with me how they were feeling and I didn't have a same, I wasn't able to connect with them around that emotion or the experience that they were going through, that it would erode trust and make them not want to communicate with me. And I, I think about this all the time in my earliest days running my photography studio. You know, I was an early morning riser, super pumped about the work we were doing, as was the other people that I had employed. But I was adamant about, you know, being at the office at eight o'clock and the rationale I used was 8 a.m. That is that, oh, we're working a lot with New York and with Europe, so we need to be there early. And those were all, you know, in part true. But what I never did was recognize or even really pause for a moment and think of the feelings of others in that moment. For example, we had, you know, folks that worked for us that had kids and getting the kids together and off to school and to be able to do so in a reasonable amount of time without a, a ton of rush. Or there were other folks that had to commute in from far distances away. And my inability in those moments to, to look at the range of um, experiences that my, uh, my employees at the time were having relative to my desire to just start at 8 a.m. at all cost. I know that it undermined trust and I knew that it, uh, it had, it, it created and injected some toxicity in our relationship. And fortunately this was the time where I was really starting to investigate the concept of empathy. And I feel like I made changes over that arc. But as I said at the opening here, it took me years to recognize it and years to develop and hone the skill. So, you know, other examples are Kate, my wife, uh, when she was running the business aspect of the Chase Jarvis Live Photo Studio, I was largely the talent and she ran the business side. And prior to being able to afford to hire Kate, we, you know, I led the negotiations. I was the one saying, you know, this is what the price is. And, and when she entered the picture, she uh, I call her the velvet hammer, by the way, <laughs> she had a very different way of negotiating. And, uh, I was able to firsthand coach her to do it one way. And it was the way that I had described to you in my youth, assertive, hard charging lines in the sand, all that kind of stuff. And I observed her as a much more natural, empathetic, connected, uh, human do it in a completely different way and get the same or better in many cases results. So this was the lens to me that was the aha. This is the moment. This was a, a great experience of, gosh, there really are lots of different ways to do this. And I would even say there are better ways to do it than what I was doing. 
So, you know, this is continued to replay itself as I, after founding Creative Live and then um, just being the chairman for a number of years, uh, when I, I came back to, to take the leadership role as the CEO after uh, uh, maybe five or six years into the, the company's tenure again, that, wait, there were hundreds of employees <laughs> and from all kinds of different cultures and with different expectations and fears and hopes and dreams. So again, I use these handful of examples as when I was able to set my own or be aware of my own strengths and weaknesses and specifically lean in and or double down on empathy, right? If you look up the definition of empathy, it's the ability to understand and to share the feelings of another. It was in doing that specifically where I began to thrive as a leader. Despite the fact of being the captain of every team I'd ever played on and being rewarded for those kinds of more toxic uh, behaviors, to be able to um, seek to understand, to listen, and in many cases to refrain from offering ideas or direction Unless I was, it was clear to me that that's what the person wanted. Because sometimes what we want is just to be heard, just to have someone to share feelings with rather than prescribe some detailed solution that uh, I, I would have perhaps formally done or in, in a previous iteration of myself as a leader. And this, this awareness of the power of empathy on the moments where I was able to harness it early in my journey and later as I matured and developed that skill, it was a force multiplier. Things like connection, things like trust, things like um, the ability to help someone by just listening rather than prescribing those were put on display as huge levers, huge positives on the other side of empathy. So my goal for sharing this micro episode today, this, this particular week here, is to encourage you to work to cultivate this. Now you may, you, you may be wildly, and sometimes again, emotional intelligence and, and empathy there are different, um, those can sometimes uh, go together uh, in ways that I think might signal false positives that you are good at empathy. You might be emotionally intelligent on a, a number of other vectors. But I'm specifically encouraging you to look at your interactions with others. Now, we also know this has been exacerbated recently by the virtual workforce, right? By we're communicating via uh, Zoom and Hangout and FaceTime and all these things. And, and so there's often our ability to detect these finery emotions or to feel empathetic um, through a screen. It, it can be exacerbated. But you know what else I loved? Actually, this, this last two years has in some ways cultivated empathy or, or deepened it because you know, you're seeing 
people's kids run around in the background and the pets, you get to meet their pets and you, you see them without all of their, their corporate armor on. So it just, it, I think it is time for each of us at this show. I wanted to dedicate an episode to having a little empathy review. I want to know what do you do or what can you do to acknowledge your where you sit, your current skill level on the spectrum of empathy? I've got a couple of questions that I think might help you do this. Uh, is there a time recently where you felt like you were not your most empathetic self? If so, where did you whiff? What could you have done better? And put put a pin in that for just a second. I'll come back to this at the at the end because I got a little piece of homework. So just hold that for a little moment here and think of that time where you could have done a little better. Think of where you are on the empathy scale from a one to a ten. And you might be a nine, and I still think that you know nines can practice. But if you're a you know a one through a six or seven, this is going to be huge for you. And here's another little hack. Try these questions when you're um, interacting with someone for, for whom you may or may not be um, feeling empathetic. Hey, how would you like my advice on this matter? Or do you want me to just listen? Because I know sometimes we all just need someone to listen to us. That is a really interesting question to pose, right? Have you ever thought of that? Or asking someone, gosh, I hear you, I see you, that sounds difficult. How would you like me to help? Even just posing these questions, if you are entering a moment where you are both, where you are aware of the need or the, the value of bringing some empathy to the situation, just try interjecting a couple of these questions. Again, regardless of where you are in the empathy schedule, the scale rather. And you may have some other better questions, which I would encourage you to share with this community. I will be watching, looking for your other ways to be empathetic. But I ask you for this week to do a little homework. Think of the past few days. Maybe even find a time, a specific instance where real genuine empathy, connection with another's emotions would have been better than the way that you actually handled that interaction in real life. Ask yourself what could have been different. And I would encourage you to, if at all possible, consider reaching out to that person with the acknowledgement that you could have done better and trying some of these techniques, some of these questions. How could I have been more helpful? What can I do to help you now? Do you want my advice? And if, if you don't because of our original exchange, I understand it. Just know that I'm recognizing that I could have been more empathetic. If you can, on the back of some specific interaction that happened over the past few days, you're able to reach back out to that person. Try some of these questions. 
let them know that you are working on what you find to be an opportunity for yourself, an opportunity to build connection, to cultivate genuine relationships, and to cultivate trust, I believe that you can be 1% better. 1% better this week over last. And that's all we're really after, right, is improvement. Of course, we'd like to be 100% better. But that takes time. It took time for me. I am still a student at this game. But what I do know is that empathy is the most important ingredient that transcends my personal and professional relationships for building these, these concepts like teamwork and connection, other soft skills, adaptability, the ability to bring people together, emotional intelligence. So I wish this for you. It's been a long journey for myself. I've enjoyed it, although it's at times been very painful. And I'm aware from feedback and various relationships that I'm in that it has, it has truly helped. So this is my wish, my hope. Uh, I dare call it a gift. This is my offering to you for today's micro show. Let's do what we can to cultivate some empathy. Go back to a person you could have done something different with in an exchange that you had. Do that this week and you can share that if you'd like. Let me know. I'm, you know, I'm always paying attention uh, to your feedback out there on social or in the text community um, that, uh, I know many of you are, uh, certainly a couple thousand of you are a part of, just know that I'm going to be looking for your feedback if you are able to do this. And uh, if you're not able to do this or unwilling, I'm not judging, um, but I am curious to see uh, to see how it goes for you. So signing off with a little, uh, little homework this week from the micro show. Uh, thanks so much. And I do one more time want to go back and say Gary's book is quite good. I think it's his best book. Uh, 12 and a half leveraging emotional ingredients necessary for business success. Of course, I'm making the case here that it transcends business to, um, to personal stuff as well, but have an excellent week. And I bid you adieu. All right. Hey, thanks so much for listening. But, and before you go, I wanted to say, I really appreciate you joining me today. These conversations are the highlights of my week. And I'm always learning uh, something new from these guests, hopefully alongside you and you get value. Now, I know that so many of you have asked how you can support the podcast. Uh, we're sponsored by Creative Live. They foot the bill so I don't have to put ads for uh, underwear or cheap sunglasses or anything else like that uh, at the front end of the podcast. So just a handful of thoughts here. First, the hardworking, talented crew at Creative Live would love it. We would all love it if you are a subscriber uh, to Creative Live for you know 149 bucks a year, you get access to 2,000 classes. Um, if you are not, if you want to check that out, that's at creativelive.com/slash/creatorpass, all in word. Also, importantly, sharing the takeaways and providing links to the show for any of the platforms that you've got social reach or a footprint. Even if your community is small, I believe that's the best way to spread the show. Small. Uh, connected, like-minded communities. Um, also, leaving a review uh, at any of the platforms where you listen to the show is huge for having it come up early in search results. So just a, a couple ways that you can help support the show. Uh, most of them are free. 
Uh, if you do want to check out the Creator Pass, I think you would love the subscription to Creative Live. But I just want you to know I am so grateful and um, hopefully you enjoyed this episode and are, are get your knees bent waiting for the next one to come out, which is probably, I don't know, tomorrow or the next day or we will never stop. Thanks for being a part of the show.